Good morning, family. Good morning, family. So good to be with you guys today. Uh, at our Louisville campus and everywhere, even online, I am excited about sharing in the Word together today. But I need you guys' help with something before we get started. Can you help me to honor and love the greatest senior pastor, I'm convinced, on this side of heaven? Can we just clap our hands and make some noise for our senior pastor, Dr. Conway Edwards? That's what I'm talking about. He doesn't necessarily care about the doctor, but I put the doctor up there because some respect. Um, Coolio, man, let's, let's jump right in, but I just want to pray for us, and then we'll jump into the word for today. God, thank you so much for each and every individual and every family represented today. God, I thank you for the lives that each of those families are going to touch. God, I thank you for the responsibilities that you've put in our lives. God, I thank you for the people that you've put in our lives God, and I thank you for a chance to gather collectively, God, virtually, online, here in Plano, and even at our Louisville campus, and in life groups all around the country. Father, for a chance to dive into your word, I pray that you would teach us something. I pray that you would help us to learn and grow together as Christians. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody together say it. Amen. Amen. So, family, I love to travel. Like, I genuinely, absolutely love to travel. And prior to there being a global pandemic, me and my wife actually made this like vow or commitment to each other that we would try to leave the country every other year. It was a, it was a thing that we just wanted to do in our marriage. That hadn't always worked out. Like I said, there's a whole pandemic going on right now, so we haven't left the country. But the point is, when I travel, I like to pack light. So when I'm coming through the airport, this is me right here. It's a backpack and a carry-on. This is how I pack to go anywhere in the world. I took a 14-day trip to the UK. I packed with a backpack and a carry-on. I don't like baggage claim. Don't like waiting. I like to walk fast. I like to move for a couple of reasons. Number one, little impatient. Don't like waiting. Number two, just because deep down, I think people who walk through the airport faster look more important. I don't, I don't know. It's, you know, you see the person, they look like they're going somewhere. I'm like, oh, that person is not on vacation. They mean business. And that's why I pack this way. And I always dress the same way. If you see me, I got on some Nike sweatpants, some sneakers. I have on like a Nike hoodie, a hat, and some shades. Uh, deep down, I told you I'm shallow, I'm fickle. I think it might be the only time somebody might mistake me for a professional athlete. I do it on purpose. I promise. I do it on purpose. There's no part of it that's an accident. So I'm moving fast. I'm walking fast. I'm not really speaking. I have my headphones in. It's a whole situation. Now, a couple years back, I took a, a trip with some friends to a conference in Atlanta. We're going to Atlanta. We're going to get equipped. We're going to be better pastors and better leaders and better people in general. And when you travel with friends, there's always that one friend that doesn't know how to pack. <laughs> they have somehow exceeded the weight limit. And you're always running a little bit behind, so they get to the counter, and the bag is all open, and they're trying to put this boot in this bag, and they're trying to, to remove the books that they packed and put it in your bag. And all of that has happened to me, and I'm so annoyed. I, I, I'm supposed to be exuding the love of Christ, but I'm not doing that at this moment. So I get to the counter. They almost charge me extra because now I have stuff in my bag. And we travel with extra ladies. So now I'm walking through the airport with a backpack, two duffel bags, two carry-ons, and a purse. I'm, I'm, I'm lying to people. They're asking me about it. I'm like, hey, that's not a purse. That's a European over-the-shoulder man bag. That's what that is. And, and it's all because these people weren't responsible for their baggage. So when we got to Atlanta, I set some ground rules. I said, hey, you know what? Here's what I want everybody to know. I said, look, whatever you pack, 
you will carry. And whatever charges there are, you will pay for them. And number three, equally as important, I will sleep very well knowing that I did not help you when we get back home. (laughs) Won't bother me whatsoever. There were boundaries. And yet this is a story, and it's kind of funny, but oftentimes we walk through life the way that I was walking through the airport in Atlanta, where we are carrying other people's baggage, carrying other people's responsibilities, carrying other people's burdens, not realizing that there's a place that God needs us to go, and he needs us to go there in this moment. And if we carry everybody else's stuff, we lose our ability to do what God has called us to do. And so today, that's what I want us to talk about. Because when we get these things wrong, when we don't have proper boundaries in our life, everybody say the word boundaries. Boundaries. Online, type it in the chat, boundaries. When we don't have the proper boundaries in our life, we end up with stuff like extra anxiety. We end up with codependencies. We end up stressed. We end up carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders. We end up burnt out. We end up with an extra heaviness. And it's because the baggage that you have is enough for you. But when you accept baggage from other people, it burdens you down. I want us to, to, to jump into to some scripture uh, in the book of Galatians. We're going to Galatians. Let's go to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 2. I'm going to put my back, backpack down just for a moment. Galatians chapter 6. Verse number two, we see a lot of things. Let me give you some background in Galatians right now. So what's happening is Galatians is written by a guy named Paul. Paul wrote most of the New Testament, all of the Pauline epistles or the letters uh, that Paul wrote. And the book, book of Galatians is primarily about unity in the body. Because there were two types of, we'll call them Christians, there were two types of Christians that Paul is talking to at the church when he's writing this book of Galatians. He's talking to, there are Christians who live by the law of Moses and don't quite yet understand and accept the grace of Jesus. These are legalistic Christians. They are Christians who would rather make you feel bad about your sin than try to love you through it until you can come to an understanding of grace. On the flip side of that, there were Christians who dwelt so much in the grace of Jesus Christ that they did not live a life that was lawful. They, they didn't care about sin whatsoever. They did whatever they wanted to do and said, Jesus died and that's all I need. And so Paul is trying to bridge the gap between these two Christians. So you get all types of stuff about unity. He constantly reminds them, if you read throughout the book of Galatians, he constantly reminds them of the command that Jesus gave, which is love one another, love thy neighbor as thyself. Even, as a matter of fact, in Galatians, we get the fruit of the Spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, long-suffering. At the end of that, he's saying, don't, when you walk by the Spirit, you will not indulge the flesh. Because the flesh wanted them to be at odds with each other. Even that scripture about the fruit of the Spirit was about how they could better live in unity. And so in Galatians chapter 6, verse number 2, we find these words. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 2. It says, bear one another's burdens, everybody say the word burdens, and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks that he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives who? Himself. But each one must examine his own work, then he will have a reason for boasting. But to himself alone and not to another, for each one will bear his own load. Everybody say the word load. 
The one who is taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches in verse number seven, very popular verse of scripture. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever person sows, this he will also reap. I have to admit I'm a, I'm a little torn right now. As I, as I read the scripture, if you're like me and you're reading, you, you, you are a little torn as well. Because as I read in verse number two, I see Paul say, hey, when it comes to this idea of unity, I need you to bear one another's burdens. But then I look at verse five and Paul is saying, I need you to carry your own load. So I'm a little torn because which is it, Paul? Which do I prioritize? It, am I to put others' needs before my own or am I to worry about my own personal baggage first? Am I to worry about other people and neglect myself or neglect other people and carry my own stuff? And, and I think the answer is both. And, and I would do you a disservice if I didn't try to paint this picture for you of the tension that you're going to constantly live in as a Christian. Which is why Paul put these things in the same paragraph. I want to give you some, some language to kind of help you. When you hear the word burden, when Paul says bear each other's burdens, I want you to think of the word boulder. It is a weight that if any one person carried on their own, it would crush them. It is something that is too heavy for you to carry by yourself. I, I, I want you to imagine the, the, the pressing feeling that might be on your chest if I laid you down and put a rock right where your, your lungs were. That's the word burden. When you hear burden, I want you to think boulder. When you hear load, load is a cargo word. It's a freight word. It actually means how much one ship was designed to carry. So a canoe can carry different than a freight liner and so on and so forth. It's a personal amount. So when you hear burden, I want you to think boulder. When you hear load, I want you to think backpack. It is, it is how much can I carry, how much was I designed to be on my own without it hindering my ability to move through life and do what I'm supposed to do. Now, Paul is saying shoulder each other's burdens because he understands that there are times in life where you will have something that you cannot carry on your own. And in that moment, you will need the body of Christ to come alongside you to lift it up off of you momentarily until you can slide from up under it and start to walk properly on your own. These are things like marriage, your marriage being on the rocks. These are things like financial hardships. These are things like habitual sins, addictions, wayward children, things like cancer. Too much for any one person to try to live through on their own. Clinical depression, abusive relationships. Too much for any one person to try to reasonably pick up and roll through life on their own. And God has called us to help and carry one another's burdens. See, see, right now, uh, a, few of our, a few of us are getting a little depressed. Let me tell you why. Because I started the conversation talking about boundaries, stuff that we say no to. So, so, so I thought even when I was reading the scripture that this would be about making my life easier, giving me a pass not to help people. But the scripture doesn't address boundaries until it first addresses the command that all Christians have been given, which is when you see your brother down, you have a responsibility to help him. Which is that you don't get the right to harden your heart and not serve the people around you. 
That, that the book of Galatians is primarily about unity and secondarily in this scripture about boundaries. And so for some of us, it, it is not that we have a problem carrying other people's burdens. The problem is we have a problem allowing other people to shoulder our burdens. And this is the primary struggle of Christians, that you're so kind-hearted, so soft-hearted toward other people, that you struggle to open up and let other people be kind-hearted and open to you. This is why, if you look at the Scripture, I want us to stay in the Scripture all day today, so you're going to have to keep your thumb or that little ribbon that's in your Bible. It's not there for decorations. It's there so you can keep your, your, your Scripture there. This is why it says each one must examine his own work. Because what it's truly saying is, if you're not careful, you will set boundaries with the goal of self-preservation. But God is saying, I want the boundaries in your life because I'm trying to free you to carry other people's burdens. I am trying to free up space in your life, free up time in your life, free up resources in your life, so that when the community and body of Christ needs you, you are there when they need you the most. And when we go into relationships setting boundaries just because we want to protect ourselves and not because there's a goal of growth in the end of it, then we do the body of Christ a disservice. So we're going to talk about boundaries, but I need you to understand that when God is asking you to move stuff off of your plate, it is not so that you can live a happier life. God is asking you to protect your boundaries, to protect your life. He's asking you not to overwork yourself, asking you not to let people take advantage of you because the body of Christ needs what you have. Not just because he desires you to be happy. So with that being said, I, I kind of have an idea of what a, what a burden is. It's a boulder. It's something heavy. It, it, it's on me. It's weighing me down. But now I have to ask the question, what, what is a load? See, the load is what you're going to carry in your personal backpack. Now, I'll tell you what, you don't quite get the weight of it sitting out there, but this backpack is, is, is pretty heavy. And, and, and that is because the things that you carry in life are already heavy enough, which is why you have to take responsibility for just your load and you help other people's with their burdens, but you do not, you are not responsible to carry other people's backpack. So let me tell you, here's some of the things that you'll find in your backpack. Remember, in your backpack are things that you are primarily responsible for and that you may help other people with, but you are not to carry the weight of it for them. Number one is your feelings, and their feelings. Right now, there are some of us, we carry the weight of everybody else's feelings on our shoulders. Right now, every time you make a decision, there's this weight of, I wonder if this is going to make my mom or dad mad. And you thought you stopped that when you were 18 and 19, but now that you're 41 and your kid is 15, your parents are still overbearing, and you still tiptoe through life trying to make sure that you don't make them angry, and you are carrying their feelings in your backpack. There are some of us right now, your, your job, your job is, is hard, and you are knocking it out of the park. Your coworkers are knocking it out of the park, but your boss hasn't noticed yet. They still think you don't work hard enough, and as a result, you can't even live a satisfied life, and you carry this extra weight and anxiety because you're putting your boss's feelings in your backpack, and their feelings are not your responsibility. 
My feelings are my responsibility. The other way this looks is there are those of us right now, we, we struggle because we are not happy, you know. And, and the truth is what we do is even though our happiness is our responsibility, we put the responsibility of our happiness on somebody else. There's right now, there's some of us who we say, I'm not happy. My spouse doesn't make me happy. As if it was your spouse's responsibility to ensure your happiness. I would be happy if my spouse was more romantic. Woo! Their, (laughs) your happiness is not their responsibility. Their responsibility is to love you, is to put your needs before your own. If you're only happy when they spend $1,000 or $4,000 on your Christmas gift, your happiness, not their responsibility. Your responsibility. Here's the other thing that belongs in our backpack is our thoughts. Our thoughts belong in our backpack. Right now, you, when you make decisions, sometimes what happens is you want to, you want to make a good decision for your kid, and, 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 and you want to you discipline them when they need to be disciplined. But, but the truth is, at the back of your mind, what you're asking yourself is, are they going to think I'm too mean if I take away the thing that I know they don't deserve right now? And what happens is you let your children's thoughts about you because you are worried about what they think about you as a parent more than your responsibility to raise them into proper adults. And you put the thoughts of your children and we put the thoughts of our peers into our backpack and stops us from doing what God has called us to do. Because we let other people's thoughts dominate what we carry. When it comes to our own thoughts. Sometimes there's some of you right now, you were over the holiday and there were thoughts about your uh, spouse coming into your head like, mm, I sure wish he would lose some weight. There, there were thoughts about your spouse because y'all were watching Best Man Holiday and you're like, mm, Morris Chestnut still do look good. <laughs> I know you. It's okay. It's okay. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. Don't type it in the chat. Don't want you to be that vulnerable. Want you to, want you to keep that one in your backpack. But the truth is, we struggle with those thoughts and we blame our spouse and say, if they took better care of themselves, I would be more attractive to them. It is not your spouse's responsibility to control your thoughts. Your backpack, not theirs. Let's get through some of these. Uh, Number three that goes in our backpack is our sins. Your sins, weaknesses, struggles go in your backpack. Let me tell you how you know when you're displacing these and you're trying to make them somebody else's responsibility. When you say stuff like, y'all stress me out so bad, no wonder I drink. Y'all stress, this job stressed me out so bad, no wonder I smoke. I'm going to let you decide what you smoke. We, we say stuff like, that's not yours. We say stuff, let me get you, fellas. We say stuff like when we're putting our sins and our weaknesses on somebody else, fellas, we say something like, now she knows she shouldn't have posted that. Now, now she know the Lord, look, you scrolling in. Now she know. I ain't going to like it. I'm going to keep scrolling. How about you unfollow her? Woman barely even a Christian. You talking about she know better. Not your responsibility, not her responsibility to carry the weight of your sins. Somebody is with me over there. Come on, you need to pull out your phone right now. Just type unfollow in the chat. Unfollow. Unsubscribe. Uh-huh. <laughs> Here's the other thing. Your history, your backpack. You are not responsible for carrying somebody else's history. You have friends right now 
that the only type of friendship they know is a friendship where they can pop up at your house unexpected. You have a friend right now where they don't think you're friends unless they can call you at 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 in the morning and talk about whatever. And just because that's what they see as friendship, it is your responsibility to set some boundaries around what genuine, authentic friendship looks like. Because if you don't, you will let their history become your backpack and make your life heavier, and you won't have the ability to care for what God has called you to care for. (laughs) History belongs in your backpack. Your needs belong in your backpack. Remember, I'm not saying that you don't help other people out when they hit financial times or when they hit hard times, but what I'm saying is their every day-to-day need is not your responsibility. Let, let me tell you right now, because some of us, let me tell you, 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 have, whew, you have a kid, he's 24, he's, he's 25, he's 27, he's 32, he's 41, and he's still on your insurance. And you're still paying his phone bill. And I'm not saying that you don't help him out in the moment. I'm not saying that his needs aren't important, that if he hits a hard time, that you don't help bear the burden. But what I'm saying is, for the last 25 years, you've been solely responsible for all of his needs, and his needs are in your backpack, weighing you down from what God has called you to do. And you don't know, but there's somebody on your job right now who God might be calling you to bless. There's somebody right now who needs you to donate to a campaign. There's somebody right now that needs those extra resources, and you can't do what God has called you to do because all your extra resources are tied up in the needs of a person whom you have no boundaries with. Your time, time, your responsibility. Our time is is our responsibility. This is why you have to examine. Once again, the scripture says, examine your own work. Because if you're not careful, you will think, remember, you are something when you are nothing. Here's the deal. The reason it says that is because some of us, the way we spend our time puffs our head up. And so the truth is, we keep going to work and we work all that overtime because we're trying to be something when in actuality, God says, I count all of my possessions. Or Jesus said, I count all of my possessions as nothing. And so we spend all of this extra time and then we blame other people for why we can't serve, for why we can't go to church, for why we can't be in a community group. Right now, I've had conversations with people. This is not you in particular. I'm not talking about you in particular. I'm just saying people I have had conversations with. I say, hey, when are you going to serve? You say, I can't serve right now because my job got me working 50 hours a week. And, you know, the economy is crazy. And, you know, I got a car payment and, you know, my kids got football. It ain't football fault you can't serve. It ain't the economy's fault that you can't serve. It's not your kid's fault that you can't serve. Your boss ain't forcing you to work 98 and a half hours a week. (laughs) Examine your work. We will let other people take responsibility for our time. I'll give you the last one. Lastly, it's just your money. Tread lightly. Whatever reason that we've come up in our heads for why we can't tithe or give is us displacing what is supposed to be in our backpack. It is us saying, I am not responsible enough to do what God has called me to do with my money and with my finances. You have family that'll call you, you know that family member's like, hey man, can I borrow $20, can I borrow $30, can I, hey, I need $1,500 to do this, to do this, to do this, and you're like, ah, I really don't want to do it. And it's not that you don't have it. It's, it's a struggle because you do have it. And they know you have it. That's why they called you. And so, you know, 
So they call you because nobody else in the family has the money. You're the one with the money. And so you go, God, I know that you gave me this, but then the truth is, you see them with their money, then the next day, they pop up with a fresh new cashmere sweater on. And then you're going, hey, well, what about the money I loaned you? Where did that go towards? And God is calling you to be a steward of your money. You don't lend money to people or give money to people without a budget. There's a boundary around that. I need to see what you're going to do to make sure that you don't end up back in this position and bleed me dry because it is my responsibility to take care of my money, your responsibility to take care of yours. I will help you shoulder an unexpected burden. I will not be responsible for your day-to-day backpack. Bear one another's burdens, thereby fulfill the law of Christ, which is to love one another. For if anyone thinks that he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own work, and there will be a reason for boasting, but to himself alone. We have to identify the difference between burdens and loads, the difference between boulders and backpacks. When we get it right and we start to examine our actions we start to take steps towards being the people that God has called us to be. Remember, I said that there are some of us, in just a second, I'm going to tell you the types of people that there are. But what I'll tell you first is there are some of us who struggle with letting other people bear our burdens. And truth is, it's still examine your work because you think you're something when you're nothing. It is you saying, I'm strong enough to handle what the Bible tells me I can't handle. When you have that habitual sin that you can't stop doing and you keep going back to her house over and over and over and over and over, even though you said you won't mess with her no more, the Bible is reminding you that you need help to get out of it. It's telling you that you need community. You need somebody to bear that burden, but you won't do it. You're telling God, you're telling all of us that I am stronger than the Bible says that I am and I will get through this on my own. I want you to think about the Bible is telling you that you need a spotter. If you've ever been to the gym, I haven't been this year, won't lie to you. No, I haven't. Not once. Not, no, no shame whatsoever. To be honest, not going to make a New Year's resolution either. Not going to go to the gym in 2021. I, I'm, I'm going to walk. I'm going to do that type of stuff, but won't make it. If you've ever been to the gym, you know, when there's those big strong dudes, whatever they call it, and, and they sit down on the weight bench and they're about to lift. They have seven, 800 pounds up there that they're about to bench press. There's somebody behind them. And the person behind them is just responsible for providing enough upward resistance that if they get in a bind, they can slide out from under it without it crushing them and killing them. It is not the person spotting them responsibility to lift the entire weight. My goal is to give you enough of what you need to get you out of the situation. And that is the responsibility of your community. And so you need a spot. The person who's your spotter doesn't even have to be able to lift the full weight. They might actually be weaker than you, but you are, they are there to protect you in your weakest times. They're protect, there to protect you in case of an injury. You need a spotter. For some of us, we struggle uh, to open up in community because there's a lot of shame attached to what we do. But I want to flip how you see shame in your head. See, most of us, when we think about shame, we think about it being a negative emotion. But I want to change your mind for that. Every emotion that you experience is really just like one of those. If you look at the dashboard in your car, there's a bunch of indicator lights. And God gives you emotions because he wants to show you a part of your life that needs attention. Whenever you hit shame, it is you acknowledging that there is a human limitation. 
there is something you don't want to be doing or know you shouldn't do, but for some reason you keep doing it. And that light is flashing, that same light is flashing because it is reminding you that you need to pay attention to your community. It is reminding you that you need help. And so instead of seeing shame as a bad thing, I want you to see shame like your gaslight. And so I'm from the country. Whenever the gaslight come on, I know it's time. Remember, I'm from the country. It's time to go to 7-Eleven. Not 7-Eleven, it's 7-Eleven. So I go to 7-Eleven, I put my gas in, and the gaslight goes off. I move it around. Now, there are some of us right now who we're struggling with stuff, and the shame light is flashing. It's ding, 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 ding. You need to join a group. But you're like, no, nah, I'm fine, because you know when people did their gaslight, come on, they go, what they say? They say, I know my car. And we do the same thing with our lives. Shame is flashing, and we say, no, I'm good. I don't need that right now. And the gaslight is flashing, and we say, I'm good. I know my car. I know my life. Meanwhile, my husband is about to leave. They say, I'm good. I know my car. Meanwhile, I just lost my grandma, and she was the rock to my family. They say, I'm good. I know my car. But meanwhile, I can't stop watching these inappropriate videos, even though I'm married and I have children in this great family. They say, hey, I got this shame. This light is flashing. I know my car. God says iron sharpens iron. The little country boy from North Carolina with the tight pants tell you need community, but you keep ignoring the warning sign. And God is saying, you need a spotter. You need to be in biblical community. Examine your work. Examine your heart. Ask yourself, why is it that I'm ashamed to show people what it is that I'm struggling with? Here's the deal. Satan uses the shame in your hearts to keep you hidden and to keep you hurting. But God wants to use that shame to keep you honest and to keep you humble. He wants to use the shame to move you toward your freedom. We're supposed to shoulder each other's burdens, supposed to carry our own load. There are four types of people, and understanding which type of person you are will help you to understand which way you're going to lean. Am I going to lean towards picking up too much extra baggage, or am I going to lean towards being in my own personal bubble and never helping, or am I going to lean towards being in my own bubble and never letting anybody help me? I'm going to give them all four to you, then I'll go back and, and, and we'll give some, some brief examples. The, the first type of person is a person who is compliant. The second type of person is an avoider. The third type of person is a controller. And the fourth person is an isolator. Compliant people, these are people who accept bad. They are people pleasers. They do not know how to say no. They are more apt to picking up other people's backpacks. They're more apt to take responsibility for other people's thoughts, for other people's anger, for other people's emotions. They cannot say no, but they love to say yes. This is me. This is me. I'm a a compliant person. You have avoiders. These people avoid good. They love to help other people, but they cannot hear yes. They have a fear of vulnerability. They have a fear of asking for help, and they think that weakness is sin. And this is not the truth. You have avoider. You have controllers. These people will not accept no, but they will tell you no. These people will call you and tell you about everything wrong in their life, and then you say, girl, let me tell you about such and such. They will say, oh, I got to go to work and hang up on you. They are controllers. They want you to carry their stuff but cannot carry their own. And then number three is the isolator. They don't need people and they don't help people. Most of these people, 
a few of you in here will be this because most of these people rarely ever come to church. Because even the dependency on Jesus is a struggle for them. They, they, they isolate themselves. And what will eventually happen is they will drop their own personal responsibilities and never care for others. They will sink lower. And let me tell you how to identify which one you are. It's a simple test. You want to know which one you are. Next time you go out to eat, you want to know who somebody is? Go out to a nice steak restaurant, order your steak well done, and let them bring it back rare. You will see very quickly which type of person you are. The, the, the compliant person who accepts the bad, you're going to bring the steak back. It's going to be red. It's going to be bleeding. The cow is still going to be mooing. And they're going to say, no, it's okay. It's fine. I'll eat it. It's, it's cool. Because deep down, they're thinking about the waiter. They don't want the waiter to feel bad. They're like, oh, is the waiter going to get fired if he messes up? Is he going to have to pay for my steak? This person is compliant. They will accept the bad. <laughs> the, the avoider, they're going to accept the steak, but they're going to complain to you about the steak being wrong. They're not going to say nothing to the restaurant and get it fixed because they're going to believe that they deserve it. They're like, oh, I might have said uh, well rare instead of well done. And they're going to sit there and they're going to cut the steak and complain about the steak the whole time, but they're never going to fix it. Because they're going to accept the bad, but not accept your help to send it back. You have the controller. You know the controller. The controller is already talking. You're saying, hey, I know one thing. They better not bring my steak back with no blood in it. You know, you're nudging somebody right now. Oh, that's you. You, you. You're a controller. You're a controller. Hey, I know one thing. I would have liked pink. It better not be dark pink. I know one thing. And the controller, you will say it's fine. they be like, nah, you paid for that steak. You go get your money back. They tell you. They tell everybody in the restaurant. They tell the waiter. They want to see the manager. They want you to know this is an injustice. They say, look, I can't even eat my green beans now because my steak is cold. Come on now. You know the controllers. The isolators, they're not going to say anything to you, but they will say something to the restaurant. You don't know if the steak is bad or not. They cut into the steak. They look at it. It's not good. They send it back. They get what they want. Their only responsibility, they don't care about how you feel about them. They don't care about how the restaurant feels about them. They don't want anybody else to know. They cut the steak. They eat it. Not good. I send it back. You say, what happened to your food? It wasn't bad. It wasn't good, so I just sent it back. They, they, they don't carry your responsibility. They don't care what you think. They don't care. They're not going to stick up for you if your steak is bad. That's on you. <laughs> if you wanted a better steak, guess you would have done. You would have asked for it. If you didn't ask... Not my responsibility. I'm an isolator. You have to identify which one you are. Right now in, the, in, in here, I want you to write down on a piece of paper which one you are because it will help you identify whether you are more likely to pick up other people's baggage or not. Down in the chat, I want you to type which one you are. Are you a compliant? Are you an avoider, a controller, or an isolator? you got to let us know down in the chat which one you are. Family, here, here's what we'll, we'll end with. Your relationships should be able to survive the word no. You want to test the relationship? You want to know if it's genuine or real or not? I dare you. Next year, call your parents or your grandparents and tell them you're not coming home for Christmas or Thanksgiving. And see if that relationship survived the word no. Somebody over here just laughed. I think it was a parent that said, I wish they would. I wish they would call me. Thanksgiving or Christmas. You want to test your relationship? When your kid comes in, remember you're supposed to 
help, but you're not supposed to do it for them. When your kid comes in and they're struggling with their homework, I dare you to tell them, no, go study. No, go learn. I'm not going to do your project for you just because I'm stressed out and ready to go to bed. And when I do that, I enable you to continue the same path. We have to examine our work. The scripture says we do this because deep down, remember, we think we are something and we are nothing. We don't let other people shoulder our burdens because we think carrying it on our own makes us stronger. We don't shoulder other people's burdens because we think that the isolation is healthy for us. We don't take responsibility for what's in our backpack because we think we are something. We think we are owed something. We think people have done us wrong. And we think we are something when deep down we are nothing. We are nothing apart from Jesus Christ and what he has given us. The scripture ends with this. It says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, this he will reap. Saying whatever you put in, you will get out. Now, some of us, we have a problem with this scripture, and you're trying to figure out why does this connect to the one above it. And the reason that's a a struggle for us is because when we look around our life, we see people who have not put in anything good, but we look at their life and say, but it seems to be a little bit better than mine. We say stuff like, now, I know the type of relationship she had in college and even when we were in high school and the type of people she dated and talked to, but somehow into our 30s, she still ended up married and in a committed relationship, and I'm still single. So how is it that she's reaping what she sowed? We say, I know the type of student he was in college. I know the type of business he ran right after he graduated. But somehow he still ended up an entrepreneur making twice what I'm making. How is it that he is reaping what he sowed? And the truth is, when the Bible is talking about that stuff, it's not talking about financial stuff. It's not talking about the ease of life. It is talking about a right relationship with God, that if you and I are diligent to set the proper boundaries and to try to live in genuine, true biblical community, we will reap a right relationship with God. And so what happens is we get exposed a little bit and we get revealed because it shows us when we have thoughts like that, that our boundaries protect what we value the most. That which is immovable in your life is that which is first in your life. So if church is movable, if Jesus is movable, if I have no boundaries around my serving time and my worship, if I have no boundaries around my giving, if I have no boundaries around my life group and my community, it is revealing to me that I care more about reaping financial prosperity or ease of life than I do a right relationship with God. Family, I think we just need to do two things today, and that's two things only. Number one, if you're not in a community group, whether you're in person, whether you're in Louisville, or whether you're online, if you are not in a community group, join a community group today. You need a spotter. There are people waiting on you right now to help them shoulder some of the craziest burdens they have ever bared in their life. They're waiting on your testimony, waiting on your story, waiting on the things that you've gone through because they need you. And you think that community is all because you're going to hit this hard time. No, community is not just for that. It's so that you can be a blessing to other people to bear others' burdens. Number two, I want you to ask yourself, what is it that I am carrying for other people that I shouldn't be carrying? Whose thoughts, whose feelings, Whose time?
do I need to make their responsibility and to not make my own? Let me tell you how you know if you need to have a deep look at this. If you ever waken up and you said, if not for my job, mortgage, kids, and family, I would sell all that I have and move across the country to Mexico. If you've ever felt that weight, it's because you're carrying some stuff that you shouldn't be carrying. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the fact that you have established true biblical community. And Father God, what we're asking you for right now is that you would help us to live this out. God, that you would help us to do things that set us up to be able to carry others' burdens with them. God, that you would allow us to set boundaries around the things that you value, boundaries around our serving time, boundaries around our community, boundaries around our family, boundaries around our mental health, boundaries around our friends, God. Not so that we live better lives, not so that we can say that we enjoy our lives, but so that we can be freed up to do exactly what it is, what it is that you've called us to do. God, I pray that no person under the sound of my voice leaves here today. I pray that no person turns off the stream without first joining a life group. I pray, God, today that we would get serious about being the church. God, I pray that we wouldn't just care about attending church, but I pray, God, that we would be serious about embodying this commandment, that we love our neighbor as ourselves. God, help us to get it right. Help us to walk that fine line and understand when it's time to say yes, when it's time to say no. Help us, Jesus, because you're the only way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.